Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful or memorable video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special or what stood out about it to our guest as we will get into the context of how and when they had this meaningful time with it. Uh, A little bit of housekeeping up top is that anything that my guest or I plug today, there will be a link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast to just click directly to whatever we're sharing. If you're listening slash watching on YouTube, though, I haven't quite figured out a clean way to do it how I have in the podcast, so it might be messy. You might have to do some Googling. Um, you're not a second-rate citizen if you watch on YouTube. In fact, I like you even more. Uh, I'm stumbling here, and I'm just alienating some semblance of listeners. Uh, Anyway, you can probably find our stuff in the show notes. Starting with, uh, we're all over social media. So if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Blue Sky, uh, there's a link in the show notes for all those accounts there where I post, you know, the, on the episode, the day the episode comes out, you find out what episode it is, who's the guest, what are they up to, how you can support them. You can see the cool art I make for every episode. And if we have special updates slash like bonus stuff that comes out from our network, that's a great place to connect with us. You can also support the show a few different ways by leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, the iTunes uh, podcast front is the only place that lists reviews publicly. Uh, so if you leave one somewhere else, let me know because I'd love to read it on the show. Uh, again, if you've been listening to this show for a while, uh, leave us a review. It'll help more people find us like yourself. Uh, if you're um, watching on YouTube, you can like the video, subscribe to the channel if you want to watch these every week. And you can also just share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on for the main event today, we also have a lovely Discord. So if you want to be a part of that with a great community, hit me up, hit the show up, and I'll send you a link so you can jump in uh, and talk about all sorts of stuff, video game related and not. Uh, and then lastly, you can check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like me and the discussions that I have with people about video games, you're going to like a lot of what you find there. This is a podcast network that uh, myself and Jeremy Schmidt started three and a half years ago. We have a ton of bonus podcasts there, including our current games club. As uh, every Friday, we have new episodes that come out where we are playing through Resident Evil 2 Remake in a book club style format. And folks, I got to say, it's still scary. A few weeks in, I'm still very scared. It's scary and good. Um, so if you want to hear a wonderful group chat about that, that is available at a tier there. Again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio for all of your bonus video game podcast needs. And yes, I'm considering them needs. That'll do it for the housekeeping of the show. And I'll finally introduce our guest for today's episode. So please welcome improviser and commercial writer Max Lasser. Thanks for having me, Connor. I'm so excited. This is this is wonderful. 
hey, you know what, buddy? You're pretty wonderful. That's what I have to say. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, I like to occasionally give a peek behind the curtain for the listener. Um, and this one I just noticed seconds ago, you know, I've got my beautiful like episode guide up so that if I get lost or too rambly, I can always go back to whatever we're talking about, whether I'm plugging stuff or introducing someone or reading the Wikipedia like paragraphs that I've pulled about the game later. Um, and for you, you know, I always write down how my guest uh, is introduced and I wrote down improviser and commercial Max Lasser. Um, yeah. Oh. And, you know, that, that could mean I like, was like a commercial actor, which I'm not, you yeah. know, <laughs> I went on a couple commercial acting auditions, like in like maybe 2015. Huge. Yes. You're, you're, wait, you're a big, are you in commercials, Connor? You're, yes. you're in commercials. Yes, uh, I am. And, and may have been cut from one recently. No, uh, they yeah. cut you from the commercial? Well, it's, Those fools. I love how we've gotten to make this about me. It's my favorite thing on the show. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. So this is uh, a little brag for me. Don't talk about it often, but uh, this has been a really good year for me. I've I've been able to be in three commercials. No, two that's of awesome. Which, yeah, thank you. One of which, like, everybody saw and was, like, so cool, and I felt like it was such a great showcase of, like, uh, my ability. And then one of which I'm in for, like, briefly, but... Tr- Friend, our mutual friend Charlie Mahelic saw it somewhere and like told me he saw it. So I was like, "Well, it's out there." That's and, great, and that's the greatest pleasure of all when you see a random friend in a commercial and you get to turn to like your dad as you're watching football and be like, "I know him." Yes, I know him. Yes, uh, all too often I have to. I'm I'm like truly the Leo Leo DiCaprio meme, just pointing at the at the TV. Uh, exactly. From once upon a time. In fact, uh, the, I'm, I'm sidetracking before I get to the the real important part of the story, which is. Uh, when I one of my first jobs out here in LA, my my second job, I was a studio page at Paramount Pictures. Do you know what a page is? Oh yeah, of course, of course. I I had a feeling you might know. Yeah, um, I've, I've had I have many ex page friends. I think yes. Um, and I so as a page at a studio, it's essentially at least at Paramount, we were glorified tour guides. Like yeah. our primary job was to conduct the studio tours. If you play your cards right, you eventually get to take like a temp job somewhere else on the lot. And of course, you know, when you start there, you're thinking, oh, maybe I can be, they'll hire me as like a writer's assistant. You really don't get plugged into creative stuff too much. Uh, all that being said is that for the for like a year after that, anytime there would be a commercial on TV that filmed at Paramount, <laughs> when I was, I would basically do what we talked about but point at the screen and go Paramount, and um, I know that wall. I know that yes. wall. Yeah. Oh, that's the New York backlot. Uh, yeah. So my f- uh, dear friend uh, Stephen Loomis, uh, it's still a running Great bit guy. between us where we'll we'll like one of us will just jokingly say Paramount at any time, and we know what we're talking about. Um, all that being said, again, just real roundabout way to get here is that uh, I saw a commercial that I was in, that I was in like a month and a half ago that I acted in. It just aired last week. Uh, I wasn't in it, but I thought at the time when I was shooting it, I think this segment that I'm doing is its own separate one shot that's going to be like a 15 second ad in social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so I'm so I'm holding out hope that that buyout is still going to come my way is, is yeah, the real you get the, the new media rate or whatever. It's going to yes. be like uh, Instagram paid media. Truly. For your little spot. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because I like 
I got cast in something that I didn't audition for. Like I, I did a few different Ooh. things, which was which was great. Um, so look Let's out for go. for mailroom guy in a Best Buy commercial if it ever <laughs> comes out. Um, and I would so, cast you as a mailroom guy. That's great. Thank you. They, you know, I pl- really have found a wheelhouse of playing like sort of wienery office guys. Yeah, uh, big time. yeah. But uh, you have range. I mean, like, you know, you're going to you. get your foot in the door with the wienery office guys. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're playing a sort of European villain. Yes. And then, Thank uh, you. then you know, one day you're playing like a like a sort of like uh, low level stalker. And then you're, oh, you man. know. Now we're talking. Then, then you have a holiday sweater on, and you're playing like oh. a sort of holiday ingenue lead type guy. Yes, and then I'm so, then you know ideally playing like Owen Wilson, former like former boyfriend of the the like protagonist's like girlfriend who is like too nice that you don't like is so every the characters yeah. like him, but the main character yeah. hates him. Right, um, right, 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 right. Like you like like you're like oh he like he would be so great in a relationship, but I just like. My yes, my my clit just doesn't throb for him. <laughs> you know, the, if I had a dime for the amount of times I've heard that in my life, um, I'm sure you've never heard that, Connor. Uh, You're out, you know, you got people I, are out here throbbing for you. You know what? I wish I could say that is true. You know, this is great. I really did just bring you on to sort of like uh, forge a path for my career, my my budding commercial acting career. Um, so, but Max, uh, I'm so excited to have you on today. Vardy had uh, far so much fun, far so much fun, whatever that means. Um, you and I know each other, uh, if it wasn't already obvious to the listener, like I know the majority of the guests on the show, which is through the Los Angeles improv community. Um, we both studied at the UCB Theater uh, in LA, but I was, we were talking before the show, I was like, you know... I don't have the exact moment that I met you, like, in my brain as I sometimes do. But I, I remember as I was, like, getting back into improv, like, I had first taken, like, when I f- moved here 10 years ago, took, like, 101, 201, 301, mm-hmm. within, like, a nine-month span. And it was just, like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid big time. And then took essentially a year and a half off, couldn't get into a 401. And so when I was getting back into it, uh, the aforementioned Stephen Loomis and some other friends were already like doing indie improv, so I would tag along with them and Charlie and Jess and uh, and saw you performing a ton with the likes of of former guest of the show Jeff Topolsky, uh, Alex, also king, Alex Ungerman. Um, we just had a daughter. Alex Ungerman just had a daughter. Shout wow. out! Amazing. Shout out to you, Alex. Uh, and your daughter. Uh, but that's like when I remember seeing you around. I think before I even met you, I saw you. Uh, what was your the three of your the three of you it was were called on Egg team. Teach. Was was Emily on that team yeah, as well? Yeah, with Emily as well. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you perform cage match. I think against Hebeki. Yeah, did that we happen? Got, we got washed. We got like uh, <laughs> we got uh, we we did good, but like it's like we, we were just up against like a complete wood cheaper. They were crazy. Yes, they were. You and like so seventy good. other teams. I know in a we row. were just in the fucking corpse pile. Can I swear on here? Sorry. Yes. No. By okay. All means. Well, we were in the yeah. we were in the fucking corpse pile. <laughs> Gosh, brutal. But so there's a chance we may have met. But that was just like a time where I remember really watching you and being like, that guy is so funny. We eventually Aww. got to know each other around the uh, mock improv scene. I think yeah. that's. Pr- I'm pretty sure that's where we actually got to know each other and probably met like 
before a show and I probably was like I knew who you were but do you think um do you think when we met Trump had been elected no I think I met you before I think I probably I want to say like 2015 or like yeah, 2015. earlier 2016 Trump campaign ads yes primaries yeah so it was in the air you know the de- the deterioration was beginning but yeah 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 um, that was definitely before I was like I mean I was so into it then like I yeah. you know I had no I had no like feeling of being jaded into I was the just Trump fully, campaign like, into the Trump campaign exactly <laughs> exactly just the campaign not the campaign yes. just the the art and artistry and history of the campaign itself but you were talking um, about improv in general exactly I yes. think that's exactly I think that's uh and I think you know what like if if 600 of my closest friends want to make it 2015 again I'm in yeah you know <laughs> Yes. If we, you know, if we if we want to get like a a thousand people to get really into indie improv again, yes. and like do it like four times a week. Yeah, let's, you know, pu- I'm, let's push out the young upstarts who are there. Push now them out; they're and, done. And going it's, through, it's back to us again. Yes, uh, we rec- will reclaim our crowns from eight years ago. Uh, yeah, but you know that's how we know each other and came to know each other. But yeah. is there anything else about yourself that you want to share with the listener that they might not know, or anything you want to you know point them to? Um, I, I think I have uh, no plugs. Um, I'm currently uh, working at Twitch, and I, cool. I used to be a, a Riot Games guy. Oh, so I heard I've, you say that on your uh, on your episode on Reactivators. Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely feel like I have some like uh, professional video game stuff mm-hmm. going on, as as well as my like individual burning passion for video games, but. I think that's like about all the context cool. I got. Yeah, that's awesome. Can I ask you a little bit about what you do at Twitch? Because I've not yeah. asked you ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. And why should you? Um, <laughs> no. I. I just like I help. I do like branded streams, basically. Oh, cool. Gotcha. So like a brand comes to me and I'm like, what if we did this? Yes. That's like my whole thing. Gotcha. And then I have a couple like little like side project interests there. One of which is like. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. You know, Baldur's Gate three, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. Are you familiar with the official Twitch extension for Baldur's Gate 3? No. Um, so there's an official Twitch extension, and it was a huge hit. Um, and uh, basically what it did is, like, while you're watching your favorite streamer play Baldur's Gate 3, you could, like, click the extension. It would, like, show you their inventory or, like, show you their build. Oh, wow. And it, like, let you, like, vote on dialogue options. So the extension plugged directly into the video game. Um, and the only way for that to happen is if the studio builds the extension like while they built the game. So Larian actually built this like official Twitch extension that plugs into the Twitch platform. Uh, and that kind of like real-time video game Twitch integration thing I think is like super, super interesting. So that's been like one of my like passing side project interests. Oh my gosh. Um, I had nothing to do with that, but yeah. I've been sort of like trying to get more game companies interested in doing them and things like that. So. Sure. I bet there's many, many, like, things we haven't even considered or, or, like, avenues like that that could be really great for certain types of games. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think there's, like, a ton of different games that could be, like, really improved. Like, like your experience of watching a game on Twitch could be, like, really improved by being able to plug into the, like, uh, the, the thing. Like, imagine, like, all the, like, Fortnite map creator mode stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you like there was an effort to like plug into like, you know, like what if like those maps could like be controlled by chat? So like you could like the chat could be like dropping like, you know, soldiers for you to fight or whatever. Right. Like, I think there's like a lot. I'm really interested in that kind of like genre of game where like how could you get like 
you know, a thousand people like playing at once or like playing against each other or things yes. like that. So that's become a kind of like, it's not really my job, but I'm yes. sort of like interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I guess for the listener out there, then just go on Twitch and look for cool features like this. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Support. That's, yeah. That's amazing. Um, well, thank you for sharing about too, that, that too. That's not, not anything I had any clue about. Um, we're obviously going to discuss, you know, get into your history with gaming in this first segment at the top of the show. But before we do that, um, you've brought on a game for the main event later today. So will you please introduce what that is and call me by your game? Yes. The game I have brought today is Slay the Spire. Um, and I am I'm I'm very, very thrilled to uh, be talking about Slay the Spire. Hell yeah. I can't wait. Uh very exciting, very good game that uh, you know, I don't always have experience with them on the show, but I do have some with this one. So, like I said, let's get into your general history with games. Do you remember like the earliest or some early interest that you took in video games in your life? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this uh uh obviously I heard you ask this when I listened to yeah. uh, uh uh some other episodes of the show. Um and I feel like you know, my earliest game stuff is very, like, common, right? Like, yeah. I feel like almost all of us are, like, you know, we're playing Pokemon on the Game Boy, right? Yeah. We're, like, playing, like, Donkey Kong Country. Like, we're playing the Star Fox N64. We're playing, like, N64 Super the, Smash Brothers. The you know? Yeah. I, rem- I do remember, I'm sure this is, like, a very common story, but I remember going into, like, um, uh, first grade, and there was a kid who had Pokemon Blue, and I was, like that looks like the most fun thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I was yes. consumed by a desire like to, to figure out what that was and like, yeah. get it. Um, that's maybe, maybe my earliest gaming memory if you don't sure. count, like whatever, but um, that was a powerful time. And like, we just did, this is the earliest that I've, you know, uh, if you want to call it organically, organically unplugging the Patreon, but that games mm-hmm. club you heard me talking about in uh, quarter two of er- like earlier this year, we went through and played the original uh, red, blue and yellow. A couple of people played yellow, actually. And so, you know, while we were talking about these games, replaying these games, uh, we also were talking so much about how it was it still feels like really cool not necessarily serendipitous but like there's something interesting that we were like the sort of like guinea pigs for this like phenomenon and we were like the target age when this first hit and exploded and now it's like the biggest media property in the world or something like that and it was like so cool that it was like made for kids yeah because like a lot of the great and most popular games now are made for like teenagers to adults Mm -hmm. right but it was pretty cool that like Pokemon, it was clearly like like the main character's ten, like there's no like yeah. blood, like everybody just faints. <laughs> like it was sort of built for kids to play it, which I think is very like that was sort of lucky. Yeah. That's really cool. So where so where did you go from here with your gaming interest? Okay, so then um, then I had a GameCube. I'm Killer. playing like you know, a, Super Smash. I, I've played Super, every Super Smash Brothers, so like you know, I'll leave that one off. But like, um, I got into some early PC games. Oh, I like I played um, a lot of like Age of Empires. Okay, um, cool. I played. Uh, did you ever play like Warcraft Three custom maps? 
No. Um, that was big for me. Uh, I am aware of at least the difference between Warcraft 3 and World of Warcraft because I've yeah. had somebody on the show to talk about that. But yeah. um, no, so that was a huge thing for you. Huge, huge, yeah. War- yeah, Warcraft 3 custom maps. Warcraft 3 was like, and StarCraft were, I think, some of the first like map modder modes things. And so like mm. that was like one of the first chances for like your sort of average Joe to like make a game and like put it out there. And like, yeah. I think I've just had a lot of fun, like trying all these various little games that were in the thing and they made it really easy to play with your friends, which like, you know, back when you were like installing games on CDs, there was no like steam. Like it wasn't like you just like click a button and you're like in the <laughs> game for most things. It was like, a huge undertaking to like yes. play like multiplayer Age of Empires or whatever, right? Yeah. But um, but the Warcraft Three custom maps made it pretty easy. So and then I think a lot of like you know Dota, Defense yeah. of the Ancients was originally a Warcraft Three custom map mode, and then obviously that you know inspired League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there was a lot of like really like early like period whatever that period of game design was i think there was a lot of like stuff that was like kicking off during warcraft 3 custom maps a lot of creativity um that was like given to the player i was thinking about this a bit because um the episode that we had you know for the listener i think this would have been like three weeks ago at this point or our last um occasionally i've been having old guests come back and in a group list their top 10 favorite games ever that's uh, fun and Jake Sprague was on and talked about, I think, StarCraft and yeah. how, like, that, like, birthed, like, the custom things you could do in that game, like, the game creation birthed genres of games. Exactly. Um, which exactly. is just, like, something that I personally missed but, like, love hearing about. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, – StarCraft and WarCraft, bo- both their map modes, I think, like, yeah, absolutely birthed. A they don't call them craft for nothing, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Were you playing these games with friends? Was it mostly, like, online communities? No, I had a couple. I had, like, the same group of, like, four friends uh, through, like, middle school and then early high school. And then, yeah. like, I sort of branched out more. Uh, in high school and then like much more in college. Um, but I had kind of the same like three guys I was kind of playing those kind of games. But I mostly pretty much after from like seventh grade on, like my most intense game obsessions were like whatever these other three guys were playing. Yes. Um, and so we all played like World of Warcraft together. Ooh. We, they would like come over. We would play like Golden Eye a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, Nightfire. Um, mm. And uh, so, yeah. And then. The, and then I still play like League of Legends with those guys to this day. So yes, I uh, loved getting uh, League of Legends talk in your episode with of Reactivators. Yeah, that was great. yeah, yeah. Because um, like, especially just not being like a game that I have interacted with, but I know has had such a large like footprint on gaming in general. Totally. Like sometimes hearing people talk about things like that or are like the most fun for me as just like a listener, to be honest. So that was cool My- hearing you. My current hot take is that League of Legends is the only good eSport. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, it's a little controversial because, like, there's plenty of others and, like, you know, StarCraft was the, like, original eSport. Yeah. But, um, it's it's just amazing. League of Legends World Champions are, are going on right now and they're, like, setting viewership records and it's, like, it's wow. like a 10-year-old game. It's, like, the only eSport that hasn't, like, completely, like, you know, plummeted into nothing. So Yeah. For you, yeah. Um, even though I'm, you know, pretty unfamiliar, like, from your perspective, what makes it that to you? I think League of Legends, uh, and, and I, you know, is, um, is like, it has that, like, chess-like quality where, like, oh, okay. you just, like, 
every match has like an infinite strategy to it that you can just like master forever. Mm. Um, and uh, I think it's it it's just really really they keep making it. They all they 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 like iterate really quickly. Um, I was talking to a buddy about this actually, literally yesterday, huh. about how like certain like game communities that like turn sour. One of the reasons is that developers like they 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 iterate too slowly. Like it's like oh. they won't make any big changes to the formula because they're too nervous it'll like hurt their bottom line or whatever. Mm. Like I think that's why like you know the new Call of Duty campaign is like a four out of ten and like. Yeah. I think Activision Blizzard is a big like culprit of this. But, yes. like, you know, Diablo is like the same thing. Everyone's like bored of it. Like, you know, so um it's I think it's really cool when you're able to like change like, you know, make really big changes and then like have it still be like sort of coherent and strong and so Yeah, that's a it seems like a brave task. Uh because obviously there's so much risk there, but like it's cool when that can succeed. Uh exactly, in, in, exactly. In, so very cool. Um, so you were saying that like a lot of your, you know, I think you said it like this, that a lot of your gaming from that point on was like whatever this group was playing. Yeah. Um, did you say that you still play games together? We do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, you know, it's, it's awesome. evolved and like whatever. Yeah. It's a couple of different guys, but um, it's like, you know, they, they've kind of folded it with my college crew and stuff. So it's really cool. fun. You just pop into like a different, uh, we have maybe one or two discords going and then sort of like friends of friends discord. So yes. you can usually find a, 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 you know, a game to play with somebody. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So I guess what I wanted to ask you, I, I was having trouble remembering where you're from. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina originally. Yes. And I think you even mentioned this on your episode. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And where did you go to college? Uh, the University of South Carolina, go Cox. Oh, go Gamecocks. Look go at that. Go Gamecocks, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's just sort of like, not that it was important context, but it's, I, some, my brain likes to place those things sometimes. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. College, college gaming to me was all about playing Super Smash Brothers, Brawl in my room with my, with my friends, World of Warcraft, and League of Legends. That was like yes. pretty much it. Did yeah. you like bring a PC to school? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, like... Yeah. I like had a decent PC growing up um, and I did not bring it with me. I got like oh, a laptop. Yeah. yeah. I got a Mac for the first time, got a Mac and brought it with me. And it was, you know, it was what I needed. But like I'm in retrospect, I am jealous of the people like yourself who had that experience at school. And the when uh when I got to college my I was like I was into like Magic the Gathering a little bit growing up yeah and my mom was like oh do you want to bring your cards to college and I was like actually mom I'm like I'm gonna be popular in college it'll yeah. be super cool and suave so I'm <laughs> not gonna bring my Magic the Gathering cards and then I got to school and my roommate who is one of my best friends to this day turned out to be a like Grand Prix entering Magic the Gathering player and he had like six decks and I was no. like all right I had to call my mom and be like mom. <laughs> we just have my Magic the Gathering decks. <laughs> I swear I'm still going to be cool. Uh, I'm still going to be cool. I'm still going to be popular. Still going to be suave. Uh, that's, that is so hysterical. Um, I'd love to know, like, you know, when you finish, when you finished college, did you move out here pretty soon? Or yeah, pretty much immediately. Around? Yeah. Oh, just wow. kind of like, was like, let's give it a shot, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. what was gaming like for you when you moved? Um, okay, so now we're now we're entering more of the like uh, I'm an adult. I'm like smoking weed. I'm like you know yeah. there's 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 I have a lot of like free time now, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say now I I played a lot more. 
I obviously the whole time still playing like games with my friends, League of Legends, whatever. But my I lived with some uh, a buddy of mine. We would play Super Smash Bros. together a lot still. But like now, it, there's much more like okay, like I'm gonna stare at like a fucking 10th century map of Europe and like move troops around till like <laughs> two in the morning, like stoned out of my mind. So like that is I was not really doing in college and high yes. school. But um, I would say I got like. I, I developed a love for like single player games more mm. like um, as an adult. That's like maybe like 30, thir- maybe it's like 30% single player now and like 70% multiplayer. Gotcha. W- what were, were there any like of those single player experiences uh, that really stood out to you, whether it was one you just enjoyed or a game you would have never thought you enjoyed? Totally. Um, I, um, I'm, I was really into um, uh, Crusader Kings. Okay, That's, yeah. That was my, like, Europe joke. Um, <laughs> I, I Oh, Civ Five, of course, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, all those, like, just manage a bunch of, like, little finicky things. Yes. base. You know, like, I, I, I definitely very much enjoy the Total War games, the Total War Warhammer game. Yeah. Um, Did you – man, it's it, – which those have – some aspects in common with uh with the like RTS games that you were playing, correct? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they do. Um, because you're managing like a big, but like those are more like sort of like you don't have to have like fast reaction time. For yes, them, you know, like maybe over yeah. a longer period of time, uh, that the, that is affected as opposed to like doing a match. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, are there anything like? Is there anything that was like way out of that wheelhouse for you, or like like? Because you're sharing, you're sharing, like such. I feel like not off the beaten path games, but like uh, almost like a specific genre in my mind yeah. of types of games. Have you? Do you like uh, like the sort of prototypical like third person action games, uh, like story stuff, or no? Yeah, you know what's funny yeah. is like that's like I would say like kind of not my kind of game. Yeah, um, I like I like. Um, I, because I, I kind of feel like, like a lot of the story games, it's like, is this really that good a story? Like, yeah. is this good for a game or is it like actually <laughs> That's a good, good question? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to like really enjoy, and like, I haven't played like, I need to play like Disco Elysium and like all the like oh, mm-hmm, really best reviewed, like, you know, most well written games. Cause like, I, I'm not trying to like cast dispersions on like game yes. narrative game writers as an art form, but like, you know, I like, I, I, I like, I just got a PS5 recently. And it came with God of War for free. And I was yes. like, I God of War really does not seem like my game, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I played it for like 20 minutes, and I was like, this shit is stupid as hell. <laughs> yeah, not for you. That's, well, that's why I was kind of asking. Um, but I think there is a fair point to be you know, raised about like narrative quality in games. I've been thinking about it yeah. a lot more myself. And while I generally enjoy it or am along for the ride, depending on how you want to see it, um, it is like... Not to make an excuse either, but, like, it's such a weird challenge because you're not making a movie, but, like, a lot of these games are emulating that in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Totally. it just brings an interesting conundrum and because I feel like it's like, well, we're playing a game here, so what about this is distinguishing for games? And I don't have an answer to that all the time. Yeah, like, Last of Us, I think, is the mm-hmm. best example of that, right? Yeah. Because, like, I never played Last of Us, and so I, I was, like, wasn't super interested in the show, but I, yeah. like, you know, Christiana has a huge crush on Pedro Pascal, so, of yeah. course, we watched it. And so, <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I was I was actually very impressed with it. I thought it was a super super fun watch, yeah. and a very satisfying ending. And I get why people love the game now, mm-hmm. but like I feel like it transferred so well to a movie that it's almost like why shouldn't it just be a movie? Because I whenever I, when I actually played through the levels of Last of Us, I was like not super entertained by it. Yeah. Um, but like, a, but you know what is cool is like a super branching story, and that's why like a Baldur's Gate three is like is such a like miracle of a game, right? Because yes. like you. Like you, that is like you can't do a you can't get the same experience from a movie. Totally, that you can get from like Baldur's Gate three, right? Yeah, and you know, speaking of which, uh, I know that that's a game you've been enjoying thoroughly. Love that. Uh, game. So, do you want to talk about you know your time with Baldur's Gate three at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Baldur's Baldur's Gate three is like you know like I think if if, if a studio like like many studios have tried and attempted to make. Well, what if we just turn Dungeons and Dragons into a video game? Yeah, and people have had like success with it. Like some people like the the Pathfinder games and mm-hmm. things like that. Like I've tried those; I wasn't as into it. Um, but the level of like writing and brutality and like world building and realism and detail in Baldur's Gate is like really astounding. Where mm-hmm. like you actually are like, yeah, like I've I've been a DM, I've DM'd a bunch of D and D campaigns. And I'm like, oh, I'm, 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 my ass is getting waxed by this <laughs> level of like story and character and detail and interaction and like. So, I mean, they just basically really pulled it off, where you actually can like interact with the world and make like huge decisions, um, and they like really affect like the next part of the story. And then they actually made it fun to play through it, where like the combat is really satisfying, and they made just a couple little tweaks to like mm-hmm. make it more. Um, you know, like playable, like sure. in like a video game format. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a home run. That's really cool. Uh, it's one that like, I just have only heard praise for it. Like I'm yeah, sure yeah. there are people who it is not for. Um, but I think that, I don't know if it's like that word of mouth has spread really well or if Larian has done a good job at advertising, but like, I feel like everyone like myself, I think if I played it, I would love it. But I know what it is, so I've been like, hmm, I don't have the time for it. Right, like, it is. It I, is. I did play it for, I, I uh, like hundreds of hours. Yeah, I played it for like yeah. two hundred hours. I'm, I actually just went and looked on Steam. I played it for two hundred hours. Hell yeah! That's so like, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like a, our mutual friend Chuck Ma has like three games going. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I, we, uh, I was I was in a D and D campaign with Chuck Ma. So yes, was, two was actually. So. You were you in with like you Chuck Matt? Yep. I remember seeing this on like some. My memory is like, for some reason, decided to remember like an Instagram story of like a group of you from like 2017 or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wild. Um. Well, I've got a couple more questions for you before we wrap up this um part of the show. Uh, is there a game that you have your eye on, whether it's one you haven't played that's already out or that is uh, has yet to be released? Ooh, that is a oh, you know what it is? Hmm. Is the um rumored Riot Games MMO. Oh. Um, they're they're apparently making a sort of World of Warcraft in a League of Legends world. Um, oh. the nerdiest sentence ever been said by anyone, but that seemed <laughs> like making an MMO is impossible. Like the amount of money you have to invest in the infrastructure to like like support all those players like in the same like yeah. you know reality is like it's just so expensive and it's like 
such a like brutal networking job and like I, it's so hard for any other MMO besides WoW to like get off the ground yeah. because like the the level you just have to the level of like money investment is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I think Riot is like the only company that's like big enough to like really pull it off right now. So yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Interesting. Do you still know people who work there? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, no, not a ton. Yeah, but I know I know at least three people who work there, and and while it's not my genre. And nor is that world my world, but I now you raising the question. I'm like, I want to know. I want to. Yeah, I exactly. ask somebody. Let me um, let me let me ask you a question yeah. about that. Actually, are you? Do you ever do the bang your head against a ranked ladder kind of gaming? Like, do you ever try to go from bronze three to bronze two? And, you know, uh, I haven't had a lot of experiences like that. Yeah. I I would say that like the the competitive games that I've put the most time into, especially those that are online, are probably like the Halo series back yeah. in the day. Um, yeah. I tried to really get into Halo Infinite, and while I did really enjoy the gameplay and I thought the the campaign was fun, regardless of how I felt about the story, like mm-hmm. I just couldn't keep up online. And yeah. not that I felt inadequate. I would think I was fine, but yeah. no, I haven't really done that. It's a long way to answer that question. First person shooters are like, you just, you're just getting like, you know, death squatted by 12 year olds. Yeah. It's crazy. I gave them but- um, recently though, I did give apex legends a shot uh, oh, okay. and I really enjoyed it. I just, I there were several friends that like I planned to play with and never did. So I was just really yeah. playing solo and it I there was a lot that I found interesting about it, but no, just kind of didn't yeah. really get into it. Did you ever give Valorant a shot? No. Yeah. What that's can, that that game is crazy because you just like you just like a round starts and you can like just kinda like I'm gonna go over here and then you walk forward and then someone just shoots you in the head. And then you're just you just sit there for like two minutes, like you're just like when you when you're getting like destroyed in that game. Yes, you just like spawn in to a round, and you like kind of try to hide behind a corner, and then you just get like obliterated immediately, and then you like wait ninety seconds, and then you like do it again. It's like it's crazy. It's so frustrating. Oh my to gosh. be bad at that game. Yeah, that would be hard to get through. Uh, but interesting. Um, the last question I have for you before we wrap this part up is: Is there any game? from your history of gaming that you have not brought up that you would just be so bummed if this episode ends and you didn't shout it out. Ooh. Oh, you know what is I'm, I am really into like the sports games also. Like oh, Mad- really? I'm, I'm into Madden. I'm into like, you know, Panthers fan. Uh, uh I'm actually a Buffalo bills fan. Oh, uh, my, I'm my sorry, dad, I knew that. my, no, it's okay. My dad's from Buffalo and I think, uh, filial loyalty trumped where I was born. So yes. Um, Cool. So, like, I mean, as someone who is still playing Madden, how do you feel about the current iteration? Because I haven't played a Madden in, like, eight years. It's not too bad. It's, like, I think the newest one is, like, pretty pretty all right. Nice. Like say, yeah. I think they did, did a couple, like, you know, Madden was, like, a big money grab. You mm-hmm. know, I think, like... Yeah. I think I think EA has some real money grab tendencies to them. <laughs> I think you're onto something there. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the first one to ever say that. Yeah, oh, um, for sure. But um, but yeah, I mean, the new one is still money grabby, but maybe a little bit less so than the previous ones. So I I did hear some praise for it recently yeah. from like someone who hosts an RPG podcast. She also like loves, happens to be a Vikings fan, and loves that's sick football. So like, uh, that's cool to hear. Um, gosh, I feel like I had. 
a, a more specific question. Oh, yes. With Madden, how are you playing it? Do you do like a season mode? Are you playing you know, it online? When I buy it, I'll do a season mode and that'll be like three days or four days of entertainment. Yes. And then I'll like win the Super Bowl like 80 to zero or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Going undefeated. And then I'll be kind of like, all right, well, that was fun. I'm kind of done with that. And then I'll play it when I like, I had this one friend who I play a lot of Madden with. And when yeah. I, um, I go to visit him like once a year and we, we play a lot together. Uh, that's coming up actually. So I got to really got to get in the lab and make sure my skills are sharpened. Hey, yeah, let's get you in uh, in tip top shape. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. I I have really fond memories of of playing that game in similar ways. So I was just kind of curious how you played it. Um, that's fantastic, uh, Max. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, but then when we come back, we'll get into all things Slay the Spire. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. It, of course, is your host still here. It's Connor McCabe on the mic here with my friend Max Lasser. Max, welcome back. Loving it. How loving it. That's what I like to hear. Okay, future listeners, take note. That's <laughs> how you respond to coming back from the break. Um, Like I told you, folks, uh, Max has brought on the game Slay the Spire to discuss for this main event today. So, like I told you, Max, we're going to do a little table setting for the listener, but... Uh, you know, get getting a little context out of this game. If you want to share anything or jump in, you got the green light, fella. Awesome. I there's something I want to read. Oh yes. If you if that's if that's Do you, yeah. would you would you like to lead off first? Or oh would you sure. Me go yeah. First? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to swap change up the format. If like if usually you go. Um, uh, green, go for it. Let's see. Okay. Let, okay. Let me, well, I'll, I'll move on my feet. All right. So after we had locked in Slay the Spire for this yes. episode. I was like, I, I randomly wanted like one other little like single player game to play. I was like looking around. I found this little Steam game called Astria. Huh. And this is just a review, a random review of this Steam game that I literally read like three days ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. In the solar system of roguelite indie deck builders, there's no question of who the sun is. Slay the Spire's rays are so blinding and its gravitational pull so strong that it's almost impossible to talk about any of the games in its orbit without first prostrating in the warmth of its glow and acknowledging some obvious comparisons. Oh my goodness. Uh, that puts it so well. Like, yeah. That's, I feel like that's going to be such a nice pairing with all the technical, like, context that i give of like it's this kind of game it came out here this was the praise that i feel like does give us a really good idea of like like you were kind of saying the gravity of this game in the genre um, yeah and that was just some like random like the steam review of the game some poet out here just yeah. reviewing we gotta reviewing hire roguelite deck builders that steam reviewer needs to be hired or given a grant to to go write <laughs> yeah let them write disco elysium too as far as i'm yes. concerned that's amazing. Uh, so, you know, with clumsily, I'll get us into some more clunky context here. Um, and again, feel free to jump in if you've got if there's something important to share. Uh, without further ado, here I go. Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck building game developed by the American indie studio Megacrit and published by Humble Bundle, which I didn't know that until reading this uh kind of interesting uh have you ever bought a humble bundle max yes i have bought a humble bundle yeah but not not in a while but i remember there were some cool games in the early humble bundles yeah 
I just bought my first last week, uh, so kind of coincidental that this is coming up today, uh, and it was one that IGN was promoting, or it was like, I don't know, I think maybe they had like curated a list of Humble Bundle games, and it was called like their 9 cool. out of 10s, like all these games are at least a 9 out of 10 Ooh, games, like Disco Elysium, that yep. you named. Um, the Forgotten City, which was a game that came out. I tried to play the Forgotten City. Somebody got it for me. It is cool, but I did not finish it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Yeah. There was like just like seven or eight games that were very, very well regarded. But anyway, this game was published by Humble Bundle. Uh, It was first released in early access for Windows, Mac, OS X, and Linux in late 2017 with an official release in January of 2019. Uh, It was a it was released as well for the PlayStation 4 in May 2019 for the Switch uh, uh, in June 2019 and later that in August for the Xbox One. An iOS version was released in June 2020. That's dangerous. <laughs> With an Android yeah. version uh, released in February 2020. So you have a heart attack on the toilet. You're playing yeah. Slate Spire. Yeah. Oh, no. This All card. <laughs> <laughs> Love that Your specific Your vein is pull, just right? compressing on the toilet because you haven't moved in like – Five hours. Yes. Um, uh, in Slay the Spire, the player, uh, through one of four characters, attempts to ascend a spire of multiple floors created through procedural generation, battling through enemies and bosses. Combat takes place through a collectible card game-based system, with the player gaining new cards as rewards from combat and other means, requiring the player to use strategies of deck-building games to construct an effective deck to complete the climb, uh, Slay the Spire, has been very well received. As I feel like that review, uh, like said it better than I could. Uh, it was nominated for uh, many accolades in 2019, and is considered the game that launched a number of this genre of roguelike yes. deck building games. Um, I'll say too, just uh, to add a couple things there. While there is one like four starting characters that you can choose in the game, the way that you play those characters, sure there are like maybe more immediate strengths that are on the surface, but I think some of the fun of this game is playing to a place or like choosing to a sort of craft your own play style or get Absolutely. creative with that. Um, while I say that being someone who probably played it very down the barrel, depending on who I was using, <laughs> um, but Max, do you have any just like bullet points that are important to include before we jump into your, you know your history with it, um, yeah, I mean, I think that like I think that it's it's definitely it's hard to tell like when something's like incredibly innovative. Like, what percent is it just fully original, and what percent is it like um, you know like uh, like the Steve Jobs effect where you just steal what Xerox is doing, but you make it so much better, yeah. that it like doesn't it, even matter that it's not original. Like it's like, like you, a strong iteration or something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, like, just yeah, the 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 in Slay the Spire, like you, the way that you can manipulate like every element of the game to like suit your playstyle, like you can like. You know, you can choose to like not take any new cards. You can like, you know, increase your uh your all your attack cards. You can like only focus on like blocking and mm-hmm. like, you know, counterattacking. You can like focus on potions, you can focus on relics, you can like take it the easy way and try to like save all your health. You can like go a really hard way and like, you know, yes. uh, fight a bunch of elites and just try to get really strong and like it's this really like infinite and like 
every like piece of it like works together like clockwork where it like mm-hmm. always works like how you expect and how you want and like when you think you come up with a like broken combo that like sort of manipulates like a bunch of different mechanics it like works how you want it to and it's like very very satisfying yeah that's that's so cool i'm even thinking about like my li- my limited limited 15 hours of or so of time with this game i actually should check my switch to see how much i've played but uh and just remembering how i would adopt certain strategies of my own or your brain starts to think in that way which is very cool um and i think i was one of those people who would almost play the game too balanced to where i would like sometimes go for like go for a boss instead of like going the easy route i would sometimes choose a relic and then other times choose like health somewhere um yeah. which is probably like a strategy that like i feel like when i hear about other games they're like no you want to like really go hard with one thing or whatever i think i think you're just not a sicko and a freak i think yeah. you're just like at, <laughs> it's at, always... at, at, at your core like you know yes. it's like on the on the sicko and a freak or normal guy binary you're you're just not a sicko and a freak who's going to be like, I have to get every relic and every yes. kill every elite boss. Like it's, you're just like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll, I'll go here now. I'll go to totally. this. Totally, yeah. it's a really all I was hoping to hear on this episode. <laughs> today. So uh, you've done your job, thank you, Max. Um, well, let's get into it for you then. How did you come to discover this game in the first place? So my um, uh, old roommate is this guy Stosh, who um, was and still is a uh, game designer at, at Riot. Oh, um, cool. And uh, a real genius, mm-hmm. um, a phenomenal game designer. And um, uh, another guy who was sort of more of a friend of a friend, um, but who I like hung out with maybe like, you know, five, ten times uh, was this guy, Brad, who was also a game designer at Riot. And like Slay the Spire is the first game I remember. Because obviously, as game designers, they're like playing all the cool new games. Mm-hmm. That's the first one I remember them like just talking about in really reverent terms and like being like really like jealous of and being like, oh, you have to check out Slay the Spire and like that, like, you know, Sasha would have like like hundreds and hundreds of hours into it yeah. and like, you know, beat it to the highest possible level. And like, you know, like um, so to me, it was like sort of like, a um, you know, what game designers thought was cool. Okay. game, And I was a bit of a like um, sort of groupie to like like <laughs> yeah. them. You know what I mean? Like uh, I just thought I I. I sometimes wish that, like, because I'm not a programmer and I've never, like, done programming. And I mm-hmm. think to be a game designer, you have to be a programmer, basically. And so yeah. I sometimes, like, think about that as, like, an alternative career path. If I had, like, actually, like, learned to program, I think it would have been really fun to be a game designer. So I love to, like, just hover around. Like, I love to, like, just, like, yeah, like, kind of, like, you know, be in the background, like, seeing what they were doing. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time where Stosh was... Uh, like reworking the the talent system in League of Legends, uh-huh. and I like uh, we we were just in my room and I like pitched this thing and it like made it into the game. Whoa! Um, cool. And it became this like talent. And so like whenever people would run it for like years and years, it's not in the game anymore. But um, I'd be like, you know who uh, came up with that? That was actually yeah. uh, that was actually me. That was here's a bit of trivia uh, about me. <laughs> uh, that is really cool though. And my friends would be like, this would be like the ninth time. They're like, yeah, Max, yeah, yeah, yeah. we get it, we get it. <laughs> You're like, you don't understand. I don't do this, and I'm really proud of that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that is really cool. So you were, like, hearing from this crew on how, what a great game this was. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, um, you know, the way that review, like, you know, the, you know, puts it, like, there's no question of who the sun is, you know. I think, <laughs> like, that kind of, like, early reverence for it has really been borne out by, like, how influential it's been on, like, 
the subsequent genre. And I think like, you know, they're kind of like cheap games to make, right? Sure. At the end of the day, because like I think what's fun about them is not the graphics mm-hmm. and like you know, you can just do like 2D animation. There's no networking. It's just single player. There's not. I mean, I never saw a cutscene. I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah. No. There's nothing yeah. like that. You don't even really need good graphics at all to en- to enjoy this game or like any of the similar games. Yeah. I will say, quick, like this is sort of a tangent, sort of not, but like um, something that my friend Miles, who was a game designer for a while, uh, talked about was this idea of like design dark arts. Mm. And that's like when you kick somebody, like does it like, feel satisfying like do you feel like it like lands with like a thump sure or like when you like level up are there like cool sparkles that Uh like all that kind of stuff like makes you feel like like candy crush has like really good design dark (laughs) arts where like it feels really good to like lock in like you know three green pieces in a row or whatever yeah um and i do think that like slay the spire has some like stuff like that where like it's just very satisfying to like play all these cards in a row like cool sound effects and like it feels like you're like hitting them when you like drag it over them you know yeah that that part is is, like well designed such a nice like little uh i guess flourish of like yeah you use like a basic attack card and you hear the ironclad sword like crunch against an enemy and if you kill it it like dis dissipates or whatever yeah exactly yeah and I um, think it's fun too, like, because I think, like, um, you know, trading card games yeah. for a long time were so much about, like, okay, I'm going to, like, buy this, like, 60 card deck and, like, spend so much time, like, putting in my perfect deck. Mm. Um, and then this idea of, like, I guess kind of inspired by, like, more like a draft format, but, like, you know, hey, like, you don't get to pick all your cards. You get, like, a couple, like, little, few more cards here and there as you go, and you have to, like, make decisions and, like, adapt based on, like, what you get. Um, and, like, you know, if you're, like, a skilled player, maybe you can like, you know, uh, climb higher and higher and higher. Sure. But like at the end of the day, you, you're sort of like uh, a slave to what you like, you know, happen to be lucky enough to run into. Yes. Um. So I guess I'd like to know from you, like when you finally did get this game, um, were you, um, did you see the light immediately? Did it take you a bit to yeah. get into it? No, I was pretty hooked right away. I think. <laughs> um, because I, so I love, a real tragedy for me was uh, like when when I was younger and I like was just playing with my friends in South Carolina and there were no like real like ranked lobbies mm-hmm. to the same degree where like I at least wasn't aware of any. And I was like just playing Super Smash Bros. like with my friends or whatever. I was like, oh, I'm like really good at this. Like, yeah, maybe I'm like an incredible gamer. And like. And I just haven't gotten off a of Tatooine yet. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Dude. Literally. And then, like, you know, you get to, like, college, and it's like, oh, like, there's really a ceiling. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I can really devote myself to, like, all these different games, but, like, you know, like, chess or whatever. Like, I'm never going to get above, like, 1,100 ELO or whatever, you know? Like, it's like, there's such a ceiling to my abilities with these things. And that's such a bummer, because, like, Mm -hmm. I always feel like, like, when I'm playing these games, I'm like, I'm I'm a I'm a genius. Like, <laughs> am I gonna win an award for how cool my Slay the Spire build is? You know. Yeah. Um, but these games, like Slay the Spire, you know, when you're putting together like this like cool little weird build, or like you know, you don't you like, you have this sense of discovery like that you don't know if like other people are playing it the way you are. You know, like maybe yes. you're the first one to like try it this way. Um, and Slay the Spire, I think lets you have make so many decisions mm-hmm. that like, you know, like I'm sure by the time like you're you're like one floor in, like the number of different things you could have done is like more than like the number of atoms in the universe. You know what I yeah. mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just so crazy like how many decisions you can make 
like right away. So you feel like, hey, maybe I'm the first one who ever did this. Like maybe yes. I'm like a tactician and a genius. And uh, so were you also like feeling this way about it when you were playing it? Yeah, exactly. Was, and yeah. it's like I I've never, I'm, you know, I'm sure if there was a competitive mode in Slay the Spire, I would get trounced <laughs> like I do in, you know, most competitive modes. Uh, but uh, but you it gives you that feeling of like, you know, I've discovered this awesome and like you know, there's this like ascension system that again like this is something where I'm like I'm not totally sure if this what if they were like the first ones right but like um you you just like you beat the game and they're like cool well now now you're on like ascension one now it's like a little bit harder yeah and then you beat ascension one it's like now you're on like ascension two and like you know you just keep going and you can like keep banging your head against the wall you know until you like can't progress anymore and you're like not smart enough to like keep going um and it's just very satisfying to like figure out where your like ceiling is as a yes. like, decision maker you know yeah do do you remember especially early on and it's fine if your memory it isn't that specific this far back Although, you know, not too far back in the crank scheme of things, um, how you were like going about playing it and some of those like choices that you made or discoveries that you made that were like really satisfying. Yeah, I um let's see. I first of all, I love to play these kind of games like on the edge of death. Like I love to just take like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if there's an option that's like sacrifice fifty health and like gain a relic, I'm like click, yes. click, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. And the problem is that works on like the easiest difficulty, right? And then mm -hmm. like as it gets harder, you get punished for doing that, and then you just you just die, yeah. you know. And it's like, hey, you probably should have like taken the like healing instead of the like you know two more attack or whatever. But that's something my favorite way to play those games is just like you know uh, on the edge of death. What, yeah. what did you, what, when you were playing it? What did you like gravitate to? Or oh. Did you have like a guy that you liked? You know, I really I think. I ended up being as boring as it, as you could be and stuck with Ironclad for yeah, so much I, of it. Kind of me too. I, I played I played all of them. Yeah, but I would I probably played the most Ironclad. Yeah, uh, that was just like the I was like okay, this is a starting point. I understand, and I've put enough time into it to where like I at least have some like strategies and things that I like to do. Like for example, I should have I would have been great if I would have played it before we did this podcast uh, or more recently. But I love getting like. Uh, finding cards that allow you to attack but don't cost a turn one of your like yes turns. one of your energy points yeah yeah I love like I remember as the as the ironclad love loading up on like those block cards but getting abilities that w if you use like a block it returned a certain amount of damage at an enemy like loved stuff like that yeah. um and, and just had an absolute blast I felt like I was kind of hinting at earlier I played it so down the middle for so yeah, much of it yeah that it actually when I you know in retrospect I felt a lot more rewarded when I would after doing that for a while would stray off the beaten path you, and you were telling me your stuff. favorite is was ironclad but your second favorite aspect was the weenie office guy and that you like oh. really liked the oh my gosh the, that the office guy play style and that's just because it was really easy for me to just get in those shoes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes um, so it was mostly the ironclad for me there was another character yeah. what's I mean I I can look up these four characters names um, it's like the ironclad the the silent I think I think the silent is the, the watcher other one. and the defect yes oh no no. I the defect is the other one that I think I super tried. super interesting yes. little guy like and yeah I just don't think that I like put enough time into it not that it's like rocket science but to it is a little bit it is yeah. a, I know I it, it's it kind of is rocket science yeah okay I feel better about that good 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 
Um, so for, for you, uh, and also, do you remember when you got this? Was this around 2019 when it came out? Was this like, I I think I was playing it like in beta or something because like, I remember it just being this like whisper network of like, Oh, this is so cool. And then like, it was one of those things where like, it was like when like, you know, I, I, I happened to hear take me to church when it had like a a thousand views or (laughs) whatever. And then like, it's very surreal to see it get like, now it's like in grocery stores or whatever. Yes. Um, and then you hear that he's going to like see, uh, see, uh, search history on Sunday nights at, at the UCB theater in 2016. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a little more about your time with the game itself as well. Um, what was like um, a part of the game or like did you ever have a moment playing it that felt either like a big breakthrough for you or yeah. or something that like totally surprised you about the game? Um, I, I remember like this one build where I like they're like uh, I think it's called like a shiv like the silent can summon these like little daggers that do like three damage and then disappear from your hand. And they seem like sort of useless. And I like was never paying attention. I was like, why do you want these? And then one run I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll take all the shivs. And then I found like all this, like these little cards and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then like, we're just suddenly you're playing like 50 daggers a turn. And it just is like, it was so satisfying to like yes. turn this weeny little card into like, okay, now like, this is my whole strategy. And I'm like yeah. throwing a bunch of daggers at you. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I think there are so many little aspects of this game that the game offers you a chance to lean into and you could not, or you could do and, and see what's behind the curtain kind of like you did. Yeah. And like, I think it's so cool when like, um, like, like in the way that like review I read said that like they, they just turn this into a genre where like like now that you like when you play Slay the Spire, you can like you can just change one little aspect and you have like a whole new game. Right. Like yes. this game, Astria, that I tried is like it's like instead of cards, it's dice. Oh, so it's like a dice builder game where hmm. like you. So it's like basically like having cards, but like you could roll bad ones. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's yeah you know, it's like but that's why it's so cool is like it invented this genre where it's like, you can do like, Hey, slay the spire, but it's dice. And it's just like an entirely new game and like super fun. And they just like keep all the same elements. It's like, you're still choosing your path. You're still like paying to destroy dice or duplicate dice. You're still like forging them. You're still like, you know, unlocking stuff as you go. There's still multiple characters. Like you just steal all the slay the spire stuff and, but, and like make it your own and you have like a whole fresh new game. Yeah. That's interesting. Kind of, you know, calling back a little bit to your appreciation for, you know, like Warcraft 3 and Starcraft yeah. for what they yeah. did. Um, uh, that's amazing. I Can I ask you a couple questions just about, like, your time playing this game as well? Sure. I, want, oh, I just want to get a little um, – fi- just dig for some specifics for you. Do you remember, like, the best run you've ever had? Uh, yeah, I think there's um, – there was – let's see – I think I like conquered like like the the highest I ever got was like Ascension Eight. I think that was like the highest I ever beat, <laughs> yes. and I was like trying to beat it for like weeks and weeks and weeks, and then I like did it with like an Ironclad run where it was like all about like the you know the original cards called like Strike or whatever. Yes. That's like your basic attack card, and then you can like there's another card that's like does like four damage for each card with Strike in your deck. Oh yes, and you just go through and like take all the strikes, and then you like find a way to like um like you know draw, like, up. like yeah like duplicate that card so like yes now you'd have it just a ton of like yeah so 
that I ended up like being able to like get through the whole thing like with this like strike deck that was that was yeah. very satisfying. Oh, that's cool. Uh, the you know I love how some cards that you come across are like, you know, they're a, a card where you can duplicate a uh, another card for just that that battle or yes yes or they're cards that i mean this is very common in the game a card that you use once and it vanishes but it comes back or it's gone for your whole run your whole run yeah uh, that was another oh, there's one there's one card where um it does like four damage or something but if you kill someone with it its damage permanently increases by yes. like two yes. that is so fun like oh. you're just like trying to line it up so you're mm-hmm. always using that card to kill people it's so great oh man just uh, like you were kind of getting at, so many ways to make you feel smart in this game. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In a totally different way that, like, a portal can make you feel smart. Totally. A portal game. Um, uh, that That's really cool. Uh, what I wanted to ask you is, uh, is this a game you still play today? You know, um, I, I booted it up in advance of this podcast. I yeah. hadn't played it in a while. And I, I literally was like, Oh, it's five fifty nine. I have to go to the podcast. <laughs> That's so funny. Like I was playing it for like I was like, oh, I like I like lost track of time, like picking it back up. It can happen. Um, and like I and like even if I don't play exactly Sl- Slay the Spire that much anymore, it's like when this game that was like Slay the Spire but with dice came across my feet, I was like, yeah, I'll play that. Like screw yes. it. Yes, like, sounds great. You know, totally. Um, and I feel like there's a whole list of games like uh, Inkbound, Monster Train. For the monster um, train, yeah, yeah, like even like Mortal Glory and like Dead Cells, Hades, like all these. I think all those games are like games I wouldn't have played um, if I hadn't played Slay the Spire, you know. Wow. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's I I got into like this whole genre. I think just purely off this game. That's amazing. Great. What a jumping off point. Uh, it, I. I apologize because I can't remember if you have specifically said, so if you've kind of answered this before, feel free to just like remind me. Um, Do you have like, at least in your time when you were really playing this game, like a favorite like character to use and a strategy to play? I know you kind of were talking about a couple things with the ironclad on that crazy run, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well, I just was playing with the newest one today, which is called the watcher. Like Mm. that was released later. I hadn't, that's the only one I haven't like played much of. Yeah. Um, and that one is like based on like stances. So like you can be in one stance where you like take half damage and deal half damage. And one stance where you like deal double damage and like receive double damage. So you have to like really manage your stance. Um, and like, you know, you, you can get caught in the like, deal extra damage stance oh. and all of a sudden you're taking like 120 damage in your runs you're over just you know so <laughs> it's just like really fun to like manage it back and forth i think like what the game does so well is like first of all you're playing on like the easiest difficulty and it just like lets you feel smart and it mm-hmm. like gives you a bunch of power and like you just like e- e- like i think most people would only take them like a couple runs to like beat the easiest level right mm-hmm. um and then as you like keep going it like really punishes you because you'll be like, okay, I have this awesome like, oh, strategy where yeah. like the my, the my first turn, I just play this one card. And then like, once I hit turn two, I'm like off and running. And it's like, okay, well, what if the enemy deals like 50 damage to you in your first turn and you just wanted to play this card to set up turn two. And now you're just like taking 50 damage at the start of every round and you just like lose in three turns on the, yeah. you know? So I think it's really fun the way it like stretches you and like gives you a chance to, you know, I, I, I said this on a reactivators too, but I'm a real like fiddly numbers freak. Uh-huh. Like I love like you give me a chance to make a build. Yeah. I'm all about it. You know, totally. So, 
Yeah. That's cool. Well, I mean, you've given a little context of, of when you played this game, talking about sort of like the people who got you into it. But um, I would love to start with some scene painting here. Yeah. Like, can you scene paint the room you would have been playing this on? For Were, sure. Were you playing on a PC? Uh, PC. Okay, I was cool. playing in um, – so this is when I lived at in a guest house, um, uh, which was – from when I was like probably like twenty three to like twenty five. Okay, gotcha. Um, and or maybe it was later, but um, uh, and uh, it was like twenty six, twenty seven. But um, uh, we were. This was the my most intense weed phase by uh-huh. far. <laughs> we're just all in this like like little two story guest house that's like behind a like rich woman's house, yeah, like in Santa Monica. So you just feel like you're kind of like tucked away yes. and like like have that kind of like back of the bus like up to no good, yeah, feeling all the time like living in the guest house. Um, I was living with my friends Casey and Stash. We would all we were just like it was like just edibles every day. Like yeah. I remember like <laughs> driving to improv practice and being like, oh shit, like I forgot I like you know. Did like, an uh, edible. Did an edible, and <laughs> yeah. I'd like you know drive home and be like, I can't come out tonight, guys. Like yes. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of the the vibe of it. It was just my real like bohemian. You know, I was sort of like I I, I had gotten fired from Riot, so I was yeah. just like you know like a Lyft driver and like you know figuring my stuff out and you know just yeah staying up till three in the morning and playing Slay the Spire in my room. Was th- was your computer set up in your room specifically too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did yeah, you share that with anybody? Was it your own room? My own room. And nice. uh yeah, and uh I-, I would go down a lot and like, you know, we would all just hang out together and like watch TV or play games or whatever. But yeah, Slay the Spire was specifically a I'm just up in my room, I'm like playing this game. Yeah, it's like I built a PC early this year. Um, and so like, I, that's what I'm cool. recording with you on right now. And it does feel different to come and sit here and play a game as opposed to like literally anywhere else. I feel like when Absolutely. I'm, and I, I wonder if it's like, because you're tucked up so close to the screen that you yes. can kind of like immerse and isolate, but it, it is such like a, it doesn't have to be, but I, it, to me, it can feel like such a solitary experience. Yeah, no, it is. Like, like six, like six, It's like 60% of just, like, putting on VR goggles or something. Yeah, kind of, like, yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, like, you know, that's why, like, it's cool, like, when you're, like, on Discord with somebody or whatever. But, like, also, if you're, like, super stoned and just getting lost in some, like, yes. crazy endless map game, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, was there... Um, as far as like the context of your life goes, like anything else, whether it, like any specific memories um, playing the game or not from that time uh, in that context that you wanted to share today or no? Um, I was working at a fancy restaurant at, at that time and I oh, also fancy. got fired from that. This is really my <laughs> institutional rejection era. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm getting fired from Riot. I'm not making a UCB Herald team. Yeah. You know, I'm like getting fired from my restaurant job. Like, yeah. you know. Just a real, real, real fuck up. You know, I'm like calling my dad and being like, can I have like 500 bucks? Like I'm short on rent. You know what I mean? Yes, so, totally. Uh, that was that was really the that phase of my life. I would yeah. Say. So um, was this this game just like one of like several escapes or how would you describe it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, just like when you're unemployed, you have or like, you know, or like kind of half employed, you have like so much time. And like, you know, this game was like 15 bucks or something. So like, yeah. it was just an easy like, and you just play it for forever. And you just like, you know, pick it up. And I, I, I you know, I my games budget was, you know, had to be pretty limited at that time, right? Because mm-hmm. 
you know, I didn't want to call my dad and say I'm $550 short on rent. Yes. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Um, Well, you know, I I feel like I've gotten to hear just so much, you know, great detail from you about the game and the context uh, of your life that it was sort of like also swimming in. Um, Before we uh, move on, because I've got some segments to present to you at the end of the show. Love that. Would you do me a favor and just like wrap up the place that it uh, that Slay the Spire held for you. Yeah, I think I think Slay the Spire for me is always going to be um, a just like one of the like pinnacles of like game design. Something that like you know I always feel like I'm kind of like the like little like you know kid looking in the window and like on Christmas Eve at all the sweets, uh-huh. like trying to like like you know wanting to be a part of like you know, the world of, like, making your own game. And, yeah. you know, like, even when I brought up, like, the Baldur's Gate extension, right? Like, this sort of, like, feeling of passion that, like, there should be these, like, specific Twitch game extensions, but, like, not really, not being a programmer. And so my whole, like, role in it is to, like, you it's know, slack our marketing team and be like, hey, can we tweet about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, just things like that. So it's just, it like, this, I think, was, like, one of the things that, you know, kicked off uh, just a love of, like, um, these specific elements of game design and like the way to put together a game. And so, yeah, um, I think you can like, you could, you could be inspired by Slay the Spire for across uh, any art project. Yes. That's, that's great. Well, again, Max, thank you so much for bringing this game on to share, you know, your time with me today. Uh, before we go, I've got a couple of fun segments to, to do with you. The first of which is the fact me by your game segment. And that's, just where I share fun facts with you about the game. Um, Let's go. This first one, uh, I I got this fact from a, a YouTube uh, user named Frost Prime, who has a great video. I think it's titled Seven uh, Things That You Probably Didn't Know About Slay the Spire, and I cool. didn't know any of them. But this, we'll see about that, Frost. Yeah, Maybe, we'll, uh, see. We'll, we'll see if I didn't know. This one Let's I see. found particularly interesting, and I f- it was genuinely the only one from the video that I was like, oh, this would be fun to share in this context. Um, so uh, I have this titled, uh, Infinite Money? Uh, yes, please. Now, um, it it is theoretically possible to generate infinite money in Slay the Spire. Max, uh, yeah. have you heard about this? Did you, are you aware of this? That doesn't shock me, but yes. uh, that, that, that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure about that. That's cool. Yeah, you were talking about you know enjoying ways to sort of like break the game or like yes. uh, combinations to push things. It kind of reminds me of um, people like I'm thinking about. You're you familiar with Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III? It, uh, a little bit, a little bit. It was one that was on the Super Nintendo, and there's ways to just like break the game with the systems that it yeah. it like gives to you, and so. This is reminiscent of that, but um, you need two things to make this happen. Uh, you need a prismatic shard, um, which is a relic that allows for each of the next two cards that I'm about to say appear in the same run, because otherwise, I guess, just one of them will appear in each run, um, oh. which are uh, the uh, the card, I think it's called a Charge Nightmare or just Nightmare, and the other card is called a Wish. Uh, you need... Uh, two copies of the of a nightmare card and one wish card. And the what you do is when you're in a fight that doesn't scale uh, to add a crate, uh, y- what you want to do 
and I hope this makes any sense. I'm following completely. Okay, great. You want to add like a crazy number of plated armor to your character, okay. whether you're using okay. a potion or you have relics that are helping you with that or yep. cards um, so that basically you can take hits and it's not going to kill you. Then you want to start making infinite nightmares by playing the card nightmare that uh, makes a duplicate of a card that you have, but it vanishes the one that you're using. So you need to. Oh, so you got to. Okay, I got you. You got to keep doing it on the nightmare card. Okay, exactly. And then, I mean, you could at any point, as long as you have at least two of them still, and I think three, then you can start duplicating your wish cards, which, you know, cool. essentially just give you money. So like, cool. That's okay. how you do that. And this player like, that's fun. I don't know if he accidentally figured out or, or tried this, but I thought that was just like a cool little hack for the that's game. That's so smart. Of. Yeah. That's like, that's see, that's the guy who's like actually smart. Yeah. I bet that guy like actually beats like Ascension 19 or whatever. Oh, this dude, I think it's like, it's like one of his, uh, like YouTube focuses, if not his focus is Slay the Spire. So again, Shout out to Frost Prime. Shout out. Um, had a cute dog in the background of that video. If you like dogs out there, um, the uh, that's it for the first fact. The second fact, I just have some uh, inspiration that I guess this game was drawn from. Uh, yeah. So aside from drawing inspiration from uh, the deck building game Dominion, uh, Slay mm. the Spire was also inspired partially by the Netrunner collectible card game. Of which cool. uh, one of the creators, uh, his last name is uh, Giovanetti, was a fan. Um, and I guess the Giovanetti also maintains like a community website for this collectible card game. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So just like a couple little inspiration drips and drabs there. Um, that'll do it for the – that was just from the Wikipedia page, by the way. Uh, no, that's great. Yeah. So that's it for the fact you buy your game segment. I'll get us into the final Those one. Those are really good facts, Connor. I was like – I was wondering and I – that. That, those were great. Thank you. Some some games are really hard. This was actually a challenging one to find just like fun facts for. <laughs> Do you know the YouTube channel? Yeah. Did you know gaming? Okay. I uh, haven't seen it now. Okay. Well, first of all, check them out. They're mm-hmm. like the first if I'm ever looking for fun facts for an episode, the first thing I do is go to YouTube and search like game title. Did you know? And cool. it's just and I, I shot them out there an amazing channel. But uh, uh, anyway, the game recommendations. Now, Max, you've probably heard on previous episodes, this is my forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where cool. I, I'm going to treat Slay the Spire like your passionate summer love that you had in Italy. Uh, but, Ooh, you know, yeah. unfortunately, it's not going to work out long term. So in order to get you over the heartbreak of losing this lover, uh, and I will characterize this game as your lover, uh, uh, I'm going to give you a few options to to move on. Some flings, if you will. Perfect. To, to, perfect. For you to potentially date. I'm, I'm trying to picture dating Slay the Spire and like, yes. I'm like picturing like, you mm. know, a like just the most like sort of like, like bright and like severe, like bespectacled, like, you know, like woman who's way smarter than you and yes. like very difficult to impress and like, like why is she with like me? Little bread cr- yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then when you get dumped, you're like, hey, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, uh, it had to happen eventually. So these potential flings all have something in common with the game because I find a little familiarity goes a long way. So cool. here we go. I've got three for you today. The first of which is if you what you loved about Slay the Spire is that you loved uh, the deck building aspect of the game. That's really all you want. You want another critically acclaimed deck building game, but one that 
apparently has like a crazy twist that I still don't even know about because I haven't looked it up. And that game is Inscription. Have you heard? You know, about I've this? read about this. I should play Inscription at some yeah. point. I, everyone loves it. Yeah. Do you because- know the twist? No, but apparently, I, I think it's like at some point it's like not a deck building game anymore. I assume like, I they pulled the rug out. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's like some really weird thing where like it's just a completely different game. Yeah. So my me choosing, you know, this game because it's a deck builder could be totally false at some point. Um, no, you're, that's a great one. And I have not played it and I should play it. Okay, cool. So that's your first one. Great. The second one. That would it, be like a dark brooding like, you oh, know. Oh, yes. Like goth woman who turns out is like secretly like a spy or something yes and now that's exciting uh that is exciting the, the next one i have for you is if you know you want another deck builder but slay the spire and it's sort of like infinite paths and and possibilities is too much you'd like something that's more linear i'll recommend the pokemon trading card game which is a game boy color title have you heard of this oh i was obsessed with this game. no way you were i love pokemon the trading card game the video game it's on Switch Online now. Did I you know can't that? believe it. No. Yeah. I can't you, believe they never made another one. I uh, they I think they came out with. I want to say like there was a a Gen two game in Japan only for the Game Boy Color, but I might be thinking of like pin. No, pinball was on the Game Boy. Yeah. Color. Anyway, I think there was one that never came to the U.S. Basically. Uh, really quick aside. Yeah. Have you played any of the like fan made Pokemon games? Or no, have you ever but, messed around with, like, a randomizer or anything like that? No, but I bet I would love them. It's it's good, pretty fun. Good it's stuff. It's really cool. It's, like, it's similar to, it's, like, it's so cool because, like, Pokemon is such a, like, it's just such a job. It's so easy to, like, make a new Pokemon game. Like, the yes. rules are so clear. And people just do, like, an unbelievable job with it. And then, like, if you've never played a randomizer run, that's also mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah. Like, where, like, because all the, like, moves are different. Like, that's really great. Oh, I want to do that, like, randomizer specifically. I'm a big Zelda fan. I'd love to do that for, like, the Zelda games that I know, like, the back of my hand. It would be yes, perfect yeah, for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones where people, like, randomize the bosses and stuff. like Or, like, where, like, any... items are. Yeah, and... yeah, that's cool. So, uh, anyway, the second one for you, Pokemon trading card game. Uh, and lastly, is if instead of forging a path, climbing... This, uh, this, you know, seemingly endless path to slay something, you are feeling like you'd rather stay back and defend something. I'll recommend the tower defense game, Plants vs. Zombies. Ooh, another one I've never played but should try. Um, tower defense, by the way, also originally a Warcraft 3 custom map mode. Amazing. Incredible. Just yeah. uh, unreal what like that actually there was a game there was a there was a workout through custom map mode called winter mall where which was like a tower defense game yeah super fun and then there was one called winter mall wars where you and two people would like build a a tower defense maze and then try to attack your opponent's tower defense maze and i'm stunned that there's never i like someone should make the like league of legends of that because that was a super super fun uh wow like kind of game that's amazing. I love how that has come back for us like three we've we've done we've made it comedy. We've talked about it three times. The best the rule of threes has happened about that today. You're so right. It's meant to be. Uh well, I'll rec I'll that that was your final one. I'll wrap up the recommendations again. We've got inscription, Pokemon trading card game, and plants versus zombies. Uh Max, that'll bring us to the end of the segment and in fact, 
as well the end of the show. So uh, before we go and plug whatever we want again, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. This was such a fun chance not just to hear from you about this game, but to get a chance to like talk to you about something that like we've We've talked about games a little bit, but not extensively. So this was so much fun for me. Thank you. This was a blast. I'm so glad you had me on. I, I had a wonderful time. Um, and you said, I believe you have no plugs, right? I I'm think like- I pretty much have no plugs. Okay, cool. Um, you know, write your congressman next time your favorite game comes out and be like, shouldn't this have its own bespoke Twitch extension? Yeah. Um, and this is the place for this, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, amazing. I've, I've got some plugs of my own, so I'll go ahead and close us out with those. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. The show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can give him a little thank you for all the work he does on this podcast by listening to his show, Video Games, a comedy show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, very different format than this one. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe on Twitter and Instagram and on Blue Sky at Connor McCabe. Again, if you uh, uh, are listening on uh, an audio feed, but you want to watch the video version of this podcast, check us out on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes to our channel as well, where you can check out this episode. If you're watching on YouTube and you want the audio version, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Uh, subscribe to the podcast as well there. Uh, And then lastly, of course, We've got our Patreon. I've promoted it a few times on the podcast, but it's where we have a bunch of great bonus video game content for you, the listener. Um, where and and one bonus thing that I do every month is I do a group episode of the show, the co-op series, where I have uh, more than one person on. And instead of the this like uh, very intimate interview that we do here on the uh, the main show, uh, we talk about a game that we've either all played or that we all remember from our childhood. It's usually Whatever I have played for that month, uh, like right now, uh, coming up for the month of November, uh, that we'll be doing an episode on Psychonauts, uh, the 2005 I, platformer. I loved Psychonauts. This is I'm I'm in my I've I've been saying I'm in my Tim Schafer era this year. Cool, cool. Uh, become a huge fan. I knew who he was, but I'm this year I become a huge Schafer fan, and like I played Grim Fandango, which we did an episode on, and now I'm playing uh psychonauts it's it's great and i'm glad to hear you played it too yeah um what were you gonna say sorry he's like the tim burton of he's like yeah. he's his own like crazy cool artist yeah for he, sure he's, he's awesome he's, i really love him a recommendation for you at the end of the show as well is um if you uh like like documentaries check out psych odyssey on youtube Ooh. it's a documentary about the making of psychonauts 2 um from a double finds in studio like documentary crew it's amazing and it's since you've been interested in game design it's only gonna tickle that uh itch i will check that out yeah Yeah. absolutely um scratch that itch i think is what i should have said tickle tickle that itch tickle that itch yeah Yeah. i don't know if that's what you want but uh please don't please don't that would be the itch way worse yeah do not do that um anyway that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game we will see you on the next